My next guest is Zile, one half of the Austin, Texas hip-hop duo Blackalack. And let me tell you, Blackalack brings the heat. They're sick. It's already storming all the biggest festivals in the country. Got a hit song of Black Pistol Fire. Got a shoe deal. I mean, very exciting stuff. I've seen him about three, four times now. I saw initially saw him open up for Gary Clark Jr. And as far as openers go, whoo-wee, my feet still hurt. Just jumping up and down, crowd going crazy like a Rage Against the Machine concert. I love it. I'm an eternal fan now. Very lucky to uh, have Zile out here in Hollywood, California to sit down with us at the Ivar Theater to discuss the current music game. Black Alack music, of course. Being a good person, having a clear head, and how Black Alack got started, growing up with Gary Clark Jr. and Gabe Luna, and just talking, just rapping, learning about each other. It's a beautiful thing. It's great music. Listen up. Let's go. So you're living out here in West Hollywood now? Yeah, man, I'm actually not too far from right here in Hollywood. Uh, I'm West Hollywood. Yep. And Franchise is back in Austin holding it down? Fran's back in Austin, absolutely. Yep. You guys are... I got to have distance, you know, I love him. He's my bro. We got to have a little... It's strategic, though, you know? It's like there's a lot going on here, so it's easy for you to get uh, to meetings out here, or even uh, we were talking about throwing down on a show out here, and that's going to be sick. Um, Yep. And you can fly back usually for like 50, 60 bucks on uh, yeah. decent airlines. Thank God I'm finding some crazy flights. Yeah, I'm back in Texas like every month, man. I mean, in March, for example, I'll be there pretty much the whole month. Well, you guys have a show February 16th, too. I wanted to come to that, but I'm filming something. Uh, mm-hmm. That's in Austin, right? February 15th in Austin, yeah. Okay. So we have that show, and then we go back March for... There's like three shows we have before South By, and then of course South By is always crazy. So, oh my yeah. God, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a good one. Exposure there for that was that oh, kind of yeah. how you guys came together and formed this? No, I mean we came together um, from Gary Clark Jr. Um, a little over, I guess, I guess it's like two years, a little over two years ago now, um, and he had sold three shows out at the Paramount, oh, yeah. which if you know about the Paramount in Austin, that's like Epic. one of the most historic venues. So he sold three nights out there, invited us out to come kick it, as we've all been friends for a long time, right? Because, uh, one second, you yeah. all went to Austin High School? Did you go to Austin I went too? to Crockett. Okay. So Fran went to Austin High with Gary. Okay. Yep, and they were in, you know, same class, all that stuff. Okay. Um, but, yeah, when he invited us out, we came to kick it. After the show, he was like, yo, I got some shit I want y'all to hear. And we're like, all right. He's like, I made beats. We're like, all right, whatever, fool. You know what I mean? Because everybody, everybody tries to make beats, but they're not Gary always on the, the NPC. Just exactly, the <laughs> exactly. Gary on the NPC. So we go to the hotel room, and uh, he proceeds to start playing beats and just beat after beat. And we probably heard maybe fifty. And I was first of all, I was like, "How the fuck do you have the time yeah. to do all this?" And he's like, "You know, I'm just sitting on the bus whenever we're not, oh, yeah. you know, driving between cities." And uh, and there were some bangers, man. Like me and Fran were just like, "Whoa!" And uh, we were freestyling in the room in the hotel room. There's probably I think 12 to 15 people there some of our homies one of my homies gabriel luna who's an actor out here oh yeah terminator uh terminator yep i know gabe and uh yeah just like it was all of our close homies and we're just freestyling over these beats and we're like damn all right this is pretty dope a few weeks after that we got into arlen studio um another epic spot another Austin. huge spot yep and um and we just started working man we did some 
tracks and let it flow. And we came back together about a month after that. And then we started really getting serious about it. I didn't know G was such a, a forming part of Black Lack. Um, yeah. That's, uh, so you guys were all friends growing up in Austin, same age. Yeah. And yep. he kind of freestyles a little bit too, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. He? Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't do it uh, too often in public, but he, he freestyles with us. So does Terminator, bro. Gabe Luna? Terminator got bars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And you're managed by Chris Krishna now, uh, right. who used to manage Gary. Right, and Chris is a, is a big part of that too, man. Like, he, he had wanted me and Fran to work on something for a while. Um, a long time ago, in ba- you know, early on in our, in our careers as individual solo artists, me and Fran did come together at one point and had a project called Group Therapy. And, um, and, I, and Krishna remembered that, and he kind of always wanted that vibe to come back. And basically, I was like, look, man, you know, I'm, I'm into it, but we need someone to facilitate the production and make sure this shit is going to be dope. Yeah. And, you know, li- little did I know it, it would end up being Gary. But, you know, Chris kind of ushered in all, all of that and made it jump off, you know. He's a formulator down there yeah. in ATX. That whole squad, I mean, from you guys, we just had Eric Tesmer on uh, yep. a couple weeks ago. That's a homie. Yeah, he was telling me you were trying to get him to move out, or he, you were trying to get him to move out here, yeah. um, which he should. He should. Um, he's always on the road, man. That dude lives on the road. I know. Um, but even Gary's management to Pam Adams and yep. the W Group. And, Pam's uh, homie, Scooter, yep. Pam's so nice. Uh, Tesmer, I mean. She hit me the other day. She was like, Real quick, hurry! I need your three favorite songs to put on Gary's title playlist. I was like, boom, 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 boom. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I mean, everyone's just. We were down there for uh, Austin City Limits. Came to the Stub Show, which you and Franchise came out and just blew up the stage and the crowd was going nuts. That was during, a fun show. Um, Got to get up, one of Gary's songs. Yep. And then we stayed for your show, which was next. Yep. Um, that was a, just an amazing weekend. But the vibe down there and the people are just so much more friendlier than out here. I love L.A. Yeah. I love the activity, the energy. But being in Austin, it's just nice and calm. And It is. It is. And it's a good environment. That's, you know, me growing up there, part of the reason I came out here was to put myself in that, in this pressure cooker. Because here, you know, you don't come out to L.A. to make friends. You know, you come out here to put yourself against the best and to hopefully get better and to hopefully outshine these people and, and get some bigger opportunities. So I knew that when I came out here, I was like, yo, I have to, I have to be my best self in order to compete with everyone that's out here and, and outshine them. And at the same time, it elevated everything else around me in terms of just my daily habits and my yeah. characteristics. And, um, and it, ultimately elevates the business that we do as black alack and uh it's been it's been hard and challenging but it's been you know exponentially beneficial yeah i love that it is challenging i've had so many people come out here i initially came out 2006 to go to musicians institute yeah um you know i always is that the one down here yeah yeah yeah. Uh, right on hollywood boulevard and i thought they were given um record deals out to just everyone that came out that played yeah. guitar and you know, I'm going to make it big. I was 22, 23 and yeah. it's anything but that. And, um, you know, just the rent from the people to yep. the traffic, you know, it took me two hours to get here this morning. Right. And it just takes a, a, a grind on you. Yeah. You know, it beats and that's you down. what I mean. Like people, the first thing they think is, Oh, well the costs are high. Right. And it is like rents high, whatever, but everything around it, bro, like 
food costs more, uh, transportation is a little more difficult. To go out, you're spending three times as much on yeah. whatever it is you're doing, you feel me? So the hustle in every aspect is tougher, and that's what makes you, I think, um, a better like competitor, you feel me? Like it, it just makes you have to recalibrate and assess everything, not just the hustle, right? It's like little every, every little element of your lifestyle. Sure. It's yeah. It's, and it's also it's not might not be forever, but you come out yeah. here, you do it, you give it your best. And, you know, I when I was uh, done with high school, I moved down to Miami because I just didn't want to be in the Midwest. And right. Miami was popping with girls and music. No one and wants sunshine. to be in the Midwest. But. I mean, that cold. It's right now it's snowing. It's negative 10. And, it's yeah. just, uh, you know, I need to be stimulated. That's another great aspect about living out here. It's just constant stimulation. There's right. All these shows going on. That's true. Any kind. You can really find out who you are out here because you know everyone's a transplant and everyone's right. doing different stuff and you know i think the midwest uh i love being from there but closed-minded in a lot of ways um yeah. set just even in music you know there's you got, i'm sure maybe texas can be like that with the blues coming out of there right. and the rock and right. um that's what i want to talk about also austin you guys are going to be like the premier hip-hop duo out of there i mean I mean, What's, that's the goal, bro. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love it. I think when you guys came out at ACL, I, I was at your own show. That place is packed. And you were in a day slot. We were early. But that we was early. jamming. Was still People dope. weren't even faded yet. And yeah. you know, the crowd was going nuts. Hands everywhere. I was, I was, I was stoked, man. I, I wasn't sure, honestly, what to expect because I knew it was going to be so early. But when I saw the crowd that we had pull up and, and go from – zero to 10 really quick. I was like, shit, all right, this is, this is good. That feeling has just got to yeah. be amazing. Yeah, I feel great. And then Gary, we were talking before the interview started, he brought you out uh, during his closing song, Come yep. Together. Yep. And that's when the shit really hit the fan. That was crazy. 100,000 people, probably more. Yeah. And I mean, the videos on Instagram, uh, at Zeal, at Black Black Music. Yeah. And that's, that's so dope, man. I yeah. Mean, uh, yeah, the Peterson brothers are on there. Oh, yeah. We were Peterson up there. Peterson brothers. Uh, John Key's out of the yep. group now. He's Corrupt a, was man. up there. Yeah, it was, a whole, it was a whole moment, man. And being up there, running out on that stage, and, like, you're standing on the wings of the stage, so all I see is a portion of the crowd, and, of course, I see, you know, everybody playing on stage. When you run out there, your whole view opens up, and you just see, like, people beyond <laughs> your peripheral, as far back as you can see, it's just people blurring off into the fucking horizon and you're just like uh don't fuck up <laughs> fran go first <laughs> are you guys freestyling on that do yeah, you have man. some idea what you're saying we're freestyling oh my goodness yeah. you yeah. just come out there and create whatever comes in your mind it's crazy I man never even imagine doing that it's like him and i have done have freestyled so much over time that it's just in us you know it's in our dna you know what i mean even as i'm talking to you I'm, there's words rhyming in my head um, but when you put yourself in one of those moments where the pressure's high and you're in front of all of these people and you know it can be a really big moment, yeah. some people uh, show up, step up. Yeah, and, and that's what we did, man. Like him, him and I have the same DNA, and I think that's part of the reason Black Lack works so well. But when those moments come and those opportunities come, we just step up and we knock that shit out, bro, because there's no other option, you know, not for me, not for him. Yeah. Um, You're dependent and, on each other, too. That's nice. Right, right. And uh, and it's dope, man. It's funny if you <laughs> – I wish there were mics on us when we, like, when we step out in moments like that because we're both kind of just like, all right, you going first? Nah, fuck you, nigga. You going – nah, nigga. <laughs> you know, we're talking shit. It's normal. 
and then it's like we do our thing. Um, but it's uh, yeah, man, that was a moment. That's still that, that'll probably be one of my favorite moments for a long time, especially in 2019. And then your show at you know historic Stubbs. I love that venue. Yeah, um, you know, being a part of the after party. And having that show with your boy Gary Clark, yep. and just I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. I mean, that's success no. to me. Yeah, that right was uh, that was amazing. I mean, honestly, that whole two week span, because we ended up doing like maybe five shows. Ooh, nice. So we had, we got on stage at ACL, obviously with Gary, but we also got on stage with Black Pistol Fire. Yep. Both weekends. Was which that is, both of you or just you? That's both of us. Okay. Yeah, we have a song with them. Um, we did kind of a remix of. And, uh, and they put it out. So we performed the remix at ACL, and that shit was crazy, man. Um, but we also had, like, night parties and after parties that we were playing. And uh, it was the whole two weeks. was crazy. That's great, man. Um, <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> were you um, – was that the first time you had played ACL as Blacklock? You hadn't done um, it the previous year because you guys hadn't formed yet? Or was that just that was, the beginning stages? That was the first stages? year, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> What's um, – the tour, you guys just did a uh, – American tour or was it North America? So we did a we did a, a North American tour with Missio first, yeah, which was all throughout the states, obviously, and then uh, in Canada as well. Okay, and it was crazy, man. I mean, we just did a big circle around you know the country, and it it was the first time that we got to basically test our music with audiences that had never experienced or heard you know what we were doing. I think maybe some of the people had done some research right you always have people when they go to shows they're like oh let me look up this you know the opening band and uh you know that's cool but for the most part it was it was uh like strangers every night and <coughs> excuse me yeah and the way that we uh were able to impact them was crazy because you know we know we can put on live shows we know one of the best things we can do is perform live and when we do that, we capture, you know, we capture people because we're in, they're in it with us. We're in it with them. Yes. And, uh, and after the shows, we, we make a point to connect with them, you know, meet us at the merch table, come kick it, whatever, like, let's take pictures, let's, whatever. And so we ended up getting <clears throat> a pretty, a pretty big growth from that tour. And, uh, and a lot of people that are fans now that, you know, hit us up, come back to, come back to New York, come back to Atlanta, come back to Vancouver, come back to Seattle. And we're just like, yeah, all right, we're trying, we're trying, we'll get there. Um, so it was good for us, man. That was the first one. And then we jumped out on the road with Black Pistol Fire. Um, and we did uh, some Canadian dates and a few one-offs. How long were you with Missio on tour? Like six it was months? Like a, no, no, it wasn't that long. It was like a, maybe a month and a half, almost okay. two months, something like that. You guys are vanning it up with them? Uh, we're on a tour bus. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we, we got the gold treatment the first round. You know, we were on the tour bus with Missio, which was dope, and there's a lot of crazy stories within that. But um, then when we went up to Canada with Black Pistol, we just rented, like, an SUV and drove that from literally from East Coast to West Coast, and that, that shit was crazy. Do you like being on the road? I love being on the road. Okay. Yeah, for me, that's, like, it, it's where I thrive, bro, because every day is is you just perfecting what you did the day before, right? So Listening to it back. and Right, like you, you get to the venue, you load in, I set up the merch, I'm very particular about that shit. We sound check, we make sure all our stuff's good, um, and then we kind of have a little bit of downtime where we would go eat or do whatever, explore, come back, play the show, um, 
and then after the show, it's just talking to fans, meeting people right afterwards, right? And then you basically rinse and repeat, you know what I mean, with driving in the middle. So once you're doing that for a few days at a time, you just start perfecting that. Like that's the, the schedule every day. In the zone. And you're in the zone and, and you're killing performances and me and Fran locked in really tight, you know, in terms of uh, how the performances went. <coughs> that's damn sounds terrible first time i saw your name i was instantly curious black lack it <clears throat> rolls off the tip of your tongue it's just it's catchy yeah and the first time seeing you you know it's like a rock and roll show it's like watching rage against the machine maybe not to that degree but it's you're you know that's what i with great hip-hop groups nowadays They've turned into rock shows almost where, you know, the crowd's not just sitting there standing or waving their hands. They're bouncing up and down. Like when you guys do Juice It Up, which is a single, that shit explodes. Yeah. We were in stubs the whole place. You know. I mean, to your first point, Black Lack, the name, was really important to me. Um, You guys were called what first? Or kind of what were you playing around with? Some theory? Black Rodeo. That's a little Nas X new album. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> we had a <clears throat> Black Rodeo. This was, I think this was initially Fran's idea or something. I don't really remember, but <laughs> it was, it never really stuck. We were kind of working on the track and, and working on songs already. We still didn't have the name yet. And it never really fit. And I was like, nah, man. I was like, that shit, it, it doesn't feel right. And then a friend of ours <laughs> sent, sent us a logo over that he drew. And it was like a fucking stable. It was a black dude on a horse with like an afro holding his hat up. And I was like, no, man, this ain't it. I was like, this ain't it. So I kept thinking, and I was like, you know, what what name would I hear at a festival that I'd be like, what the what is that? I, I want to see this. And I knew, I knew we wanted the term black in it because, you know, we're, we're black and, and we're black. But uh, being from the South, you know, there's different icons and, and emblems and symbols that kind of represent like black America in the South. And like my, uh, my grandfather, for example, had a big ass Cadillac and, you know, Gary had a Cadillac and, and I think we all kind of as kids wanted Cadillacs to be like yeah. our, you know, uncles or grandparents or whatever. So it just kind of, you know, I put the term together and, and uh, black alack. I like the way it rolled. I like the way it sounded. It was like black alack sounds tight. And, uh, and so I was like, this is the name. And Fran was just like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. And I was like, cool. <laughs> so, so we did it. But also I looked up in the Urban Dictionary, black alack. And, it, and oh, yeah. it, the definition, I might, let's see if I can get it right. It says a, a Cadillac um, style, uh, a Cadillac customized by a stylish African-American. Really? And I was like, word. <laughs> and then Black it says, goods. as an example of the word, it's, there's a, a, a white guy. He says, hey, man, nice black alike. And the black dude in reply says something like, you can't drive, you can't drive it, you can't own one, or some shit like that. I don't know. It's pretty good, though. I love that. Yeah, the name grabbed me right off the bat. And, uh, you know, obviously, um, Gary Clark, Eric Tesmer, all the guys down there, John Key's blowing you guys up and yeah. uh, making people aware. Yeah, um, we have, man, we have a good family, right? Like, it's, it's not only Gary Clark and, and, and John, but, you know, it's also, um, it's like Adrian Casada from Black Pumas and Eric Burton. Oh, yeah, I love um, that. You know, Kid Jones, um, even... Uh, you guys it, do shows with Kid Jones, right? Yeah, yeah, That's we the do. one on the 15th at the Paramount, <clears throat> yeah, is exactly. with Kid Jones. 
Um, but you know, Black Pistol, uh, you know, we have we have this cool network of people that we've been building with, and and even uh, like we're, we're talking about himself with Leon Bridges. So we have this like kind of Texas classic um, group of people yeah. that are really family, man. And it's not even that; it's like even beyond the artistry, right? There's people that support the music scene that are part of our family, right? Like Pam, um, like Krishna, uh, like our boy Mike, who is running ACL Live for quite a bit and, and is now Gary's tour manager. Like there's like a, weed, exactly. Yeah, so we have people that are supporters uh, outside, you know, not on the stage. Um, in different facets that have been in the game forever and very successful and and very, um, you know, create enriching environments for us to do what we do. And they're, they're there for us as well, you know? So it's dope, man. Like, it really is a family vibe. And, um, and it's, like, it feels like the right time, man. Like, me and Fran had a talk the other day, and it just everything feels like it's right where it needs to be. That's why I was so excited to get you in here because, I mean, also, you guys are just thriving, you know, not just surviving, but thriving. And, uh, yeah, the Black Pumas, man, I love them. They yeah. got that smash hit that I hear everywhere now, Colors. Yep. That's in all these commercials, and uh, they were playing out here. I think it was at the Will Turn. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of, it's like a the No Limit uh, out of New Orleans kind of thing. And that <laughs> thing popped in the late 90s with, you know, there was like 10 successful right. acts that just blew up all, you know, kind of after Master P and uh, – Austin is just, it's going right now. Right. You know? Everyone's moving there from L.A., all the tech companies, but the music scene is just transforming right. from being kind of just, you know, the blues live rock and roll, but now we got hip-hop groups and uh, dubstep coming right. out of there. And how would you categorize Black Lack Sound? I mean, it's like this cross-pollination well, superstorm of yeah. like four different <clears throat> elements I'm, you know, hearing. Well, it's like the live show, like you said, seems more like... A, like a damn rock show because we have so much energy and we turn up so much right um and as i said before that's what we, we love live shows the most because we get to like get direct feedback um the music that we create and record so far that we put out there's a few different vibes to it and you know we want to make it so that it captures us but we also want to you know keep it in the and the textures of the sound of hip hop right now, yeah. you know, be that trap or, or however you want to identify it. Um, but we don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole. Right. Because we are fans of older hip hop as well. So, you know, that's one aspect of it. And then you have the persona of me and Fran, like we have a funny dynamic, man. And our chemistry is, is great as musicians, but even crazier just as homies. And just like going through everyday life. Um, yeah, you guys need a TV show. I mean, we, we, there might be one coming. <laughs> I we, mean, we actually shot a uh, like a pilot already. Like a funny Robin Big kind of like mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I actually worked on that show, but that kind of like yeah. you know reality, but it's super funny and it's yeah. nothing but just following you guys around and yeah. you know uh, different scenarios. Uh, a, a really dope production team out of Austin approached us, and and it's funny because Fran and I had already talked about this for a long time. We're like you know people like us as the personalities when we're together and um these guys approached us and they were like yeah we want to shoot a pilot we've already successfully landed shows on showtime and amazon and whatever and uh so they're pitching this like netflix hulu and amazon oh wow in the next few months and we'll see how it goes sick. <coughs> excuse yeah, me i mean because you guys are just so charismatic funny but you're different <clears throat> also you know so i mean that's i feel like i hope that didn't hurt your ears by the way <laughs> well, I f- i'm sorry bro i feel like that's 
you know, the music's one thing, but also somebody that fans can relate to. Right. And, you know, they're attracted to, not in any sexual term or intimacy, but just... No, nah, we can just vibe sexual. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you we say something. these ladies out here. I was <laughs> saying to my lady the other day, you were uh, on John Key's IG story, which I love his story, man. Yeah. Some of these stories are funnier than fucking TV shows nowadays. But you were on there and you said something hilarious, which I don't even want to repeat because I'm a white dude. But <laughs> I was yeah, he pulls dying. his. Uh, this is this is at the Roots Jam. It's yeah, like the Roots that was sick. Grammy party. Gary played, and afterwards, everybody we were all just chilling outside by the like in the back. And John was he was like, I just got to capture this. I was like, Oh, pretty nigga, alert! What's up? You know, I got to help John out, man. You know, you got to ask aesthetic to a story. I was dying. That was funny, man. I think that that social media is so useful for stuff like that because we can. John Keys is so dope because when they're over in Italy or something, yeah. he's backstage showing the theater. I mean, people want yeah. to see that stuff. You know, it's cool. It's fun. Um, yeah, there's a lot more to. Uh, there's a lot more going on, like other than what's happening on the yeah. stage for an hour. You know? Uh huh. And some people, you know, Gary obviously is not on his IG story doing selfies ever. He's a shy cat. Yeah. Um, very humble and nice, but, um, you know, you'll never see him doing that. But the people that can do it, go for it. You know, right. it attracts fans. It lets people in. Right. Um, you can vibe with them through, you know, DM or liking our stuff. And it's not just, you know, the music. It's yeah. uh, this whole formula to winning now. It's really changed. When you were starting off, when did you start rhyming? In middle school? Shit. I mean, no, I didn't. I didn't start until... Probably, I think actually the summer after senior year in high school. Okay. And my homie at the time um, was like, you know, this this dude that kind of encouraged me to do it, right? Um, I'd always kind of rhymed and rapped and whatever. And mainly in like high school, I was just always talking shit to people. You know what <laughs> I mean? Just clapping off on people because oh, yeah. it was fun to me. And then uh, putting it in rhyme form, you know, then you have basically a rap battle. And... Uh, I had a good homie at the time who was going to a different high school and we ended up being roommates after we graduated high school and my, there was this battle like that like the month after graduation and he was like yo you're going to this shit because I was always freestyling in my room whatever and he was like you're going to this shit I was like nah man I'm not he's like nah come on he fucking gets me in the car it's rabbit be <clears throat> yeah rabbit moment. straight up drives me to the battle I get to the to this little event. It's in a parking lot, bro. It's in a fucking like parking lot, and there's like a Goodwill and some other shit. Makeshift stage, maybe like 20 people in the crowd, right? And eight people competing, and it was maybe 100 bucks or something. And uh, so I, I get up to I get on stage, get ready to battle. The dude who's hosting is a dude who went to school with me. And so I tell him, he's like, all right, uh, what do you want to go by? I was, and I tell him my real name, right? And, and he's like, no, you can't. No, you got to. You got to use something else. And uh, at that time in high school, me and all my homies, Gabe Luna, my, my buddy Nick, Kyle, these other guys, we uh, <clears throat> we used to have this, like, rhyme scheme or, like, name scheme. And so mine was Zilly. Like, it wasn't – this was before music. Yeah. And he was like – he's like, Zilly, you just didn't go by Zilly. And I was like, all right, fuck it, whatever, I don't care. And did the battle, won the battle, and then I just stayed that name ever since. Oh, wow. Um, but, yeah, my homie that, that took me to that battle had – basically that entire year just encouraged me all that year and I think we lived together for like two and a half years three years maybe uh you know went to college and all that stuff and and uh what's his name his name's Trey Stratton Trey Stratton yeah Thanks man for, uh, um he's a beast dude Zilly up. he uh I mean there's a whole story with Trey but he was opposite of me man this is like a fly fishing white boy <laughs> driving a jacked up jeep 
You know what I mean? Like building his own fly reels and shit. And uh, but he would come in the room and freestyle with me, and and which was dope. Like he was just encouraged. It was terrible, but he would freestyle and encourage me to. And and uh, we go to battles and this and that. Um, after, like, we stopped living together maybe my sophomore year, and then right around my maybe it was junior year in college, um, Trey like he passed away from alcohol. Oh man. And it was crazy, man. Uh, It was very unexpected because, like I said, he'd been my closest friend, and he was the first person to ever encourage me to do this, right? And I remember he had a party that night at his house. Again, he had his own spot at that time, and he was dating this girl, and, you know, he had went Uh through a rough relationship before, and now he was moving on, and it was like everything was looking up for him. And so I I went to this party. He was just, you know, throwing throwing a party at his house, and we're kicking it. And it was just strange, man, because that night— he just kept telling me, like, hey, man, like, this shit you're doing with music, like, you need to keep doing it. Like, and I had a battle that night in San Marcos to go to. He was like, when you go to that battle tonight, crush it. And, like, just keep doing it. Like, this is your lane. Oh, wow. And, uh, and he was like, man, I love you. I just want you to know I love you. And I'm just like, bro, I love you too. What the fuck? Chill out. And, you know, it was all these endearing messages. And, uh, and it was trippy. And, yeah, man, like, the next morning I got a call from his, his mom. And he had fallen asleep after being drunk that night and you know like choked and fucking that was it wow and that was crazy man that was crazy and and, uh i've taken that with me ever since you know what i mean like people ask me sometimes what pushes you what motivates you um it's it's trey you know what i mean like i felt like after that point everything i did in my life i had to do times two you know what i mean i had to i had to break through walls and I had to accomplish things not only for me but for Trey and to this day I have a picture of him like uh, from that year that he passed away uh, that I have wherever I go in, in terms of like studio or if I moved like I moved here and I have his picture it's always somewhere in my room uh, just giving me that that blessing you know wow that's an incredible story I'm sorry yeah. I had to deal with that uh, yeah man know. I mean you know it's it's uh Everybody has loss, um, but I definitely feel that dude's life was cut short. And, uh, you know, it, it's crazy, man. It, life is fucking crazy. But just, it, was, it was a motivating factor and, and will continue to be. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I had numerous friends in high school that died the same way. Um, yeah. You know, usually they had some pills in them and stuff. They were doing, that was like when Oxy started hitting. Damn, yeah. But um, really close friends. But it's, it's funny because you know, how he had that moment with you before he passed. Right. Everybody that I've had close in my life that died, I've had a, a moment with them. Something that's been right. so, from my grandmother to my father to friends, one last call that you remember. And, right. And, um, yeah, you know, I could never, you know, I asked God why this happened. And Kobe Bryant, perfect example. Yeah. What the hell is going on in the world? How, why did he have to go? I know, man. And his daughter? I know. I mean, I don't, I can never understand, justify that for right. any, any reason. But, you know, you just got to live your life to the fullest every single day. Right. Love what you do. Love your friends, family, you know, have a select few that you trust and just yeah. game on every day. Yeah, man. Like my closest homies, you know, like we tell each other, like, oh, bro, love you. Like, be safe, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I think it's very important to, have a core of people around you that 
you acknowledge that mm-hmm. you know what i mean you, you you need that and yeah man shit is life is short and uh the stuff with kobe is crazy you know that's my first i think like real childhood hero who i've seen past you know and uh just so it's tragically just nuts, too it's not like he had some disease or it was a month right or six months a year to live but i woke up to boom. that text i think everybody probably did text or news or some type of message and i, and I read it and i was just like nah Text my homie, he's like, yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Turn on the news, and it's crazy. Yeah, it's still, it's almost setting in now, especially being in L.A. when you see all the buses that have, you know. R.I.P. Kobe. R.I.P. Kobe, and just everywhere. Everyone's got Lakers gear on, and, I mean, for the good of it, it did bring, you know, everyone together and really kind of remember him for being such a great athlete and person around the city and what he contributed uh, for, you know, his 20 years in L.A. Right. Um. You know, that's what you can, yeah, the only thing I can find from taking, you know, when my father passed, I have to do the things that he instilled in me, you know, be honest and work hard right. and, you know, trust very few and yeah. trust yourself. I think there's a hell of a lot of people who are going to be uh, moving through life with Mamba mentality now and yeah. that, you know, that, that killer instinct, man, like do this, like get it, you know, accept nothing but excellence. Joe Rogan always says, you know, be the superhero in your own movie. And I've, that's always been so strong to me. It's like live life like there's a reality TV show following you around at all times. Live life that your son, your unborn son or your living son's with you at all times. And, you know, how do you want him to see you? How do you want people to see you? Or how do you want to see yourself? Uh, But, you know, Mamba definitely lived that life of living a superhero. I mean, the accomplishments, it's just... uh, Bigger life, man, bigger. The journey's the destination. You've been open about alcohol. Uh, you, I quit drinking going on 14 months uh, now. Congrats. Thank you, sir. You've got 23 months? Yeah, almost two years now. And Crazy. <laughs> i just like to touch down on that a little bit. You know, it's not even, I'm not sure what your scenario is with alcohol, but for me it caused problems and it, it was a thief. Yeah. It stole life from me. And, you know, to be in this grind in Hollywood, you can't be hungover. Right. You can't be, for me, being drunk at parties. I mean, one of the first times I started hanging around the uh, GCJ camp, Gary camp, um, I was with Dave Grohl over at his at yep. the Fonda Theater, and I was just, Dave drinks a shit ton. And it was my birthday, and, you know, I was making a fool out of myself. This is like 2013. I think that's the first <laughs> time I met Krishna, and I was like, I don't know. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just to get a first impression of being drunk. And then the next day, you know, sleeping all day, being hungover, eating right. bad. It took me to stop drinking to really learn about how good you could really feel. You know, right. I was drinking to feel good and loosen up, but now having a year, 14 months, now life is just popping the fuck off. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, I'm, right? My, you know, I'm 35 years old. I've never felt like this in my whole entire existence. Yeah. Know, I started drinking when I was 13. Yeah. Um, what have you found in your two years? Um. I mean, it's crazy the, the way that you feel revitalized. I mean, honestly, I feel like I've, I've started a, like a second life, yes. if that makes sense. Um, just not having alcohol in my system and then the other things around it, right? Like having the hangovers yeah, or making the fucking terrible decisions. Losing your um, wallet. Yeah, getting, getting in, in trouble with the fucking authorities. The you know? Like all of that is not anything I have to carry around or can be concerned about anymore, right? Um, but 
for me, yeah, it was completely transforming, bro. Like my physically, mentally, um, having drive and inspiration, like all those things shot up and just kind of put a laser focus on everything for me. Yeah, <coughs> no, that's, you hit it right on the head. I mean, I still smoke herb. I, uh, yeah. you do too? Oh yeah. I mean, that's just, that's actually makes me not drink because I become sensitive of what's going on around me. And I remember all the dark times. If I ever feel like I'm bored or need to go out on a Friday night, I, I'll smoke some herb and then I calm down. It makes me realize what's going on. It's right. a new perspective on my own life. So right. I've found it so instrumental in helping me not drink. Yeah, and you and gotta also, have something. I mean, just something to get yeah, away you from have a some, moment. Some kind, <laughs> kind of release, whether it's bud or yoga or yeah, you know, whatever exactly. you do. Um, but it, it's uh, you know, like there's a lot of moments that you can capitalize on more uh-huh. when you're not wasted. Like it's like I'm sure hanging out with Dave Grohl and partying, whatever. Like it was, it was dope, and, and it was probably fun, right? And, but imagine shit, if you were, you know, if you weren't inebriated. Um, and you were kicking with them like that moment would have been more vivid. Oh, and, and I'd be able to remember it. Right, right. <laughs> and, and, you know, like the other night I went with, uh, with Gabe to, to Chappelle's party, Dave Chappelle. Had a little like house party during Grammy weekend. Yeah, my boy Matthew Patone was there, his photographer mm-hmm. that goes okay. on. Oh, yeah, yeah, that dude's dope, man. We had he's him funny. on, too. He was at the Roots Jam. And, yeah, he's uh, dope. Um, so, you know, I was, I was there and there was all these amazing like celebrities and actors and, you know, Tiffany Haddish, who I love, and Aziz Ansari, and Idris Elba, and fucking Beck, like you know, yeah. just you know, just doing normal shit, which was amazing to me. They're just like standing in line for the restroom behind other people. Or <laughs> yeah, it's surreal. Whatever. And uh, you know, that being in a in a sober mind state, there, I could take all this in. Yeah, I could absorb all this, and I could, I could, like really, m- make it a memorable moment for myself and 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 completely absorb it instead of just being hammered like ah what's up it's back you know what i mean um and it was cool and not only that but you know it made it it made my connections with some of those people stronger you know yeah definitely um i had met dave one time before Chappelle. right where i ended up like rapping on stage with him at at, at a show he had (laughs) at the peppermint club in, in, in uh i don't know what part of la that's in but I saw him this time, and uh, <coughs> Gabe kind of reminded him a little, like, oh, yeah, that's, he, that's the dude you met him before he rapped on stage with you. And Dave was like, oh, shit, what's up? And gave me this fucking hug. And I was like, how you doing, man? And I was just that's like, this sick. is fucking crazy. It's yeah. dope. Because that's one of my idols, man. Um, but, you know, I was able to absorb that moment and remember that and, and hold on to that versus it being hazy or whatever. Um, I should say this. I don't push not drinking on anybody. Yeah. Um, I tell people to do whatever the hell you want to do, right? It's your life. Try to keep it balanced. Um, I didn't stop drinking because I felt like I had a problem or I was an alcoholic or anything mm-hmm. of that nature. Um, it literally, for me, was a challenge to myself because I had a, a span of shows that were, I think I had like 15 shows in a week and a half, and I wanted to perform with them my best. Yeah. And I noticed at the end of that week that, this shit was easier. And then I had another show a week after that. So I didn't drink that week. And by the time that show came around, my energy levels were more crazy. So once I realized I'm better at my craft by not drinking, 
then I was like, oh, this is dope. I'm just going to go as long as I can because anything that's going to make me better as an artist or give me a better shot at doing the things I want to do through music, I'm going to fucking do it. Oh, like, if you that. told me fucking drink a gallon of, I don't know, apple juice a day Gasoline. would make me a better rapper, I'd be drinking 20. You feel me? Like, th- that's just how I am. Yeah, you have to. I mean, this is your engine, you know, and uh, it's tons of water. I don't, I don't care what other people do. I just also want to share that I quit drinking. Tesmer's talking about it. Yeah. You're talking about it. Tons of other people. It's just, it's kind of been done, you know. It's like, yeah. that's 2000s. You yeah, know? plus it's fucking, there's so much good weed now, man. Oh, like, yeah. Fuck. Like, fucking sativas, indicas, you want to go to sleep, you want to get yeah. hyped up. I think, and there are strands that make you feel like you might have had a drink or two. <laughs> and it's just good weed, and you wake up in the morning, you're not hungover. You know yeah. what I mean? You didn't eat a fucking two burgers and fries. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I like to just be open about it. And if it's, you know, it's attraction, not promotion. So it's, right. you know, this is how I'm living, I feel better. I want you to know. Maybe you can stop it. Even if you do or don't have a problem. Right. I know housewives that hit me up back in the Midwest and like, yeah, I don't think I'm an alcoholic. I drink two bottles of wine every night and I can't go to bed if I don't have it. But yeah, like, well, you got to ease like, off yo. that. I mean, you're gonna, <laughs> you got kids and, uh, you know, it's just I want to thrive every day to be the best person I can do, do solid work and whatever endeavor I'm in. And just I want to live long, too. You know, you get in your 30s, shit starts hurting, get, yeah. gaining some weight. And I'm just I don't want this to continue on this path. Right, right. And with you being on tour and Tesmer was talking to us about, it's just like he found himself getting drunk just to handle the fans, you know, right? because they're smashed in his face. And so he'd take a few shots. The next thing you know, it's 6 a.m. And right. Um, so I couldn't imagine having to be out on the road. But um, yeah, I mean, I've done it. It's is that crazy. temptation like a? No, it's it's funny, man. It's like I have no. <clears throat> you just quit it. Desire done. for alcohol um, anymore. And I'm always out. I'm always in the mix, bro. Like, yeah. I'm, and all my friends are bartenders, bar owners. When I go back to Austin, it's crazy. Oh yeah, people are just getting wasted. I'll, I'll buy rounds for people. You know what yeah. I mean? If a homie, oh, let me get you a shot, whatever. I don't take them. I don't need it. You know what I mean? I chill. I drink whatever Topo Chico or whatever the shit, whatever replaced. And now everybody's drinking Waterloo. I don't know. You know, um, I I kind of met him through Gary's camp. He's his name's Ian Salath. He owns or he's the GM of. Uh, What's the name of that his club? Uh, you're talking about the, uh, is it Nickel or something? No, Thirsty Club. Thirsty and, uh, Nickel. Oh, yeah, something like that. that Good dude. old Ian. <laughs> I've known Ian a long fucking time. Claw Daddy Ian. official. He, I love Ian. I went down there and filmed something at uh, Thirsty Club, and, I mean, he's it's enticing to want to drink on 6th Street down there, man. I mean, it's, you know, there's a party every five seconds. Everyone's yeah. coming in there just to, it's like a New Orleans vibe, yeah. or a Vegas vibe. Um, Ian's my dude. Yeah, shout out Claudetti Official. On the, yeah. That dude's funny. If you're talking about someone who fucking, who, who is the definition of, of a good time, <laughs> Ian is that. And, uh, and every time I'm around Ian, he make what I love about Ian is this, is, is he wants to make sure everybody's having a good time. Oh, yeah. So when we roll in there, me, Fran, whoever we're with, he's like handing bottles of champagne to Fran it's and like who, who needs going. the round. And for me, last time he was like, he was like, I know you don't drink. You you want you smoke? You and I was like, yeah, man. He was like, come here. He took me his little closet, fucking pulled, a, gave me a pen. And I was like, bro, you know what I mean? That's that's love. I've known him a long time, and he's a good dude. The, we went down there for ACL. I've only been to Austin three times, and this last time we went though, um, we had been talking back and forth, and he's like. 
come over here. I know you don't drink. Gave me a big bag of herb. Yeah. And yep. wanted me to film some stuff down there. Yep. Just kind of clowning around. And he's like, come later. It was after your guys' stub show. He's like, I got the VIP roped off for you. Yep. Uh, what do you want to drink in there? You want a shot now? I'm like, oh, no, I'm good. Yeah. And, um, he's the dude. Yeah. That's, he's <laughs> a, the king of 6th Street, the mayor of 6th Street. Yep. When you were back in uh, high school, what were influences i mean obviously probably Pac and biggie were big yeah for you but who was like really outcast um, i mean they were huge for <sighs> man, me man Pac, biggie outcast wu-tang i mean Pac and biggie you know that i was still young when that happened but my dad had given me all the tupac records which is crazy oh wow my mom used to get pissed <laughs> my dad you know he would give me the tupac records I'd, I'd bump those and then i was like i'd ask him like yo what about you know biggie he was like, well, we listen to Pac, but I'll get you this Biggie record. And I was like, yeah, this shit's dope. And the first, like, group that I bought my own shit on that I'd ventured out to was, was Wu-Tang. Oof. And this is, like, well after 36 Chambers and shit. It was, like, Wu-Tang Forever, um, which Grab is, one, I guess, pretty much their last, like, really dope record. But, um, you know, that was my first choice. And then I started digging into everything, bro, like... The whole definitive jux, you know, lyrics born, idea and abilities, all the rhyme sayers, um, living legends, like all the underground shit that was popping. Is lyrics uh, born in San Francisco? He's from the Bay Area. Something in the Bay Area, maybe Oakland. That's what I've, you know, I was like a Tupac historian when he passed. I was like 13. And I went to the library, cut out all the clips. Yeah. I still am. I'm fascinated by that story. And no one's ever told it right. It needs to be brought into a proper film. The, yeah. Did you watch the Tupac biopic? Um, the I dude did looks not. just like him. It's pretty I good. I did not. I, I didn't watch it uh, with focus. I think it was on like TV at some point. I'd put it on. I just have a hard time. Even the Biggie one, like I did see that one. I just have a hard time watching it through someone else's lens, you know? Yeah. Like, I know it from my experience, and I know the things I've read and watched, and I kind of prefer that, my image of it. You know what I mean? Their uh, death row was right down the street on San Vicente. We got to go yeah. up in that office. And, I mean, just the gangster mob mentality with the Pyru Bloods. And yeah. it's just, that was, from the, uh, is that Vlad TV that does all those interviews? Yeah. Uh, DJ actually, Vlad. the setup's just like this with the yeah. drum set in the back. But, That's uh, true. He gets some crazy people on there to, with some really great information about the scene and what was really going on. And um, yeah, but yeah, back to artists. Back and starting off um, was Outkast. Uh, I kind of think of yeah. you guys like them, you know, because their personalities are similar to you and franchise. Influence. Andre three, like for me, lyricists like Andre, um, Tali Pauli, Most Def, um, Del Funky Homo Sapien. <clears throat> Dell to a degree, he was a little weird. He's, you know, Dell's dope. He's always a little weird, though. I actually did a song with him. Um, really? Yeah, it's buried somewhere. But um, you can find that online. Uh, it might be. I'll send you it if I if it's not. Um, but yeah, that was that was kind of my lane. You know, that's I always lean towards the the more lyrical, you yeah. know, artist. How would you describe the uh, the rap culture, the rap game today, with these jokers like? <clears throat> Takashi and these people that I mean is there talent there I can't even I mean, judge it I don't this mumble rap I guess I'm getting at it's I look at it like this man I, I'm I appreciate all art in different forms all music in different forms and you know the the textures and colors change every season and and this is a new season um I think a lot of these guys are talented um and, and they're dope it may not be like shit that 
you know, I used to vibe on. It may not, you know, they may not be most effortless quality, but in their own way, they're artists and they're dope and, and they create a moment, which is really what music is about. So for me, you know, I, I think it's all good, man. Like I don't have, I don't have a problem with any current rap, pop, country. Like you know, some shit is is very, <laughs> I don't know. Some some music in all genres to a degree is like kind of kitschy or <laughs> cheesy or you know generic or whatever, right? That's every genre, um, but there's still things that we appreciate appreciate about it, right? So. I don't have like one, I don't have a mentality. I'm not one of those OG dudes. that's like, oh fuck these dudes, fuck this mumble rap, fuck whatever. Like, I'm I'm not that dude. I appreciate all of it, and I'll bump that shit, you know. Um, and I'd love to collaborate with some of these people. Um, it's just not what I create, yeah. you know. But I can still appreciate different colors of the palette, you know. That's such a great mentality to have because you need to have that mentality. You got to be open to anything. Yeah. And you're in your lane doing your thing, not worried about them. Right. You know. Congratulate. Don't hate. Um, yeah, the the only thing I don't want to see <clears throat> happen is is hip hop get back to a really like dark place, like why we lost Biggie, yeah. why we lost Pac, you know. Um, and I think specifically with some of the Takashi stuff, um, it was getting really close to that oh, edge, yeah. you know. So that's it, man. Like you know, at the end of the day, like everybody comes from these different backgrounds, some way more severe and harsh, and and. Um, way more of a bigger struggle than others and so death is an everyday thing right and violence is an everyday thing but if you make music to escape that and yes. you are successful at exactly. it then I think you need to stay in that in that lane and, and just continue to make music and, and try to help elevate other artists around you to also get away from that violence and that shit you know yeah I mean you rap about what's going on in your life that's your you know your influence and being inspired by but once you get out of it leave it you know right. nobody wants to sit in that I, right you know the gang life and um just whatever you're coming from that's causing problems that you need to get out uh i feel in that takashi's from what i've heard that he just sat and you know was trying to still be active in this uh, the right. bloods and uh just i think also when you're putting that stuff out there then there's you know millions of people that reenact him right and then that causes more it's just it's bad yeah, it's energy. Just, it's just crazy, man. I mean, you see what happened uh, with Nipsey Hussle, and oh yeah, you know, like that shit's crazy, bro. That's a big loss to the world of, of music and the community around him. Like Nipsey did all kinds of shit to uplift like his community. You Huge. know what I mean? And and that was like the proto. That should be the prototype for, in my opinion, for all artists. Like once you get to that point where you're good, your family's good, your team's good. Let's figure out a way to elevate other people. Like, let's educate these fucking kids yeah. in the school who don't have this opportunity. Or if they want to do music, let's give them a shot. Let's fucking put them in a in a program where they can learn how to produce, how to rap, how to do this, how to do that. And uh, you know, that's I think for me, that's a, for me and Black Leg as a whole. That's one of the goals that we have. You know, is to to create something that's bigger than us. And so the brand is bigger than us, so we can do things like that, you know, down the road. That's great, man. That's so beautiful. That's what I started up this brand uh, as a joke. I stopped drinking and just, I live on the beach in Hermosa. I started riding my bike to Venice and back yeah. on the weekends. I'd put the headphones on, two, three hours go by. And I was like, I'm a cycle god, making a joke on my Snapchat. And then people started hitting me up on the shirts. Now we've sold thousands and thousands of these gear. And it's yeah. not just a cool brand like right. Supreme or something. It's you know, synonymous with change and 
um, you know, living life for the better, right. and the cycle of life, and right. you know, a uh, full circle and yeah, everything. Like um, and we got hoodies. Now we're getting leggings, and it's just you know, it's kind of when people see that, they know that you right. Know, it's uh, you're involved. Yeah, in, that's a movement, man. And and speaking to that, like the whole, I think the whole concept of black lack, like music is first and and foremost the anchor of it, and then exposing our personalities to the world whether that's uh, through social media or through a potential TV show or whatever, to get people to understand more of like the the unique things that make up our characters. And, um, and then being able to pivot that in a way, like I said, where we can find things that we can do to teach or to give back yeah. um, or to help other artists or other creatives navigate shit, you know? Like that's, that's a, go- going to be a big part of the story for us. Um, but speaking to the just the branding part of it, uh, like we teamed up with DVS Shoes. Black Lives Dead? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. nice. So DVS Skate Brand is a classic skate brand. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not in the big headlines like Vans. Um, they got Van Margera's on now, DVS, I think. A bunch yeah, they, of they have skaters. some dope skaters, and they're kind of revitalizing their brand. And we connected uh-huh. with them through a good homie named Dino, who's a videographer in Austin and, uh, and producer. But um, DVS came to us and you know i'm on the hustle business mentality so you know we chopped it up and basically we designed two shoes that are actually coming out next weekend oh, shit. Um, i didn't know that and then around that we kind of created some apparel to go with it as well and uh you know like it's it was our it, it's our first foray of going into like a legit business right because these shoes are they're also going to be overseas oh yeah so they're going to be in like hong kong um, as well as here in, in some malls and some zoomies and some whatever. So it's kind of cool, man, to know that, uh, that our brand is growing and we can put, um, a physical, like tangible good to it, you know, that's amazing. And it's, just, it's just black business, man. Like we, at some point we want to be able to create from manufacturing to distribution, um, all of this ourselves and, and, and be it another, symbol of like yeah. black business black ex- excellence mamba mentality you know what i mean just it, it, it's it's something that i want to shoot for um someone like killer mike talks about all the time from run the jewels yeah um of them and that's yeah you know you you teach by leading sometimes and so that's what we're trying to do man well that's what this podcast i want people you know in the midwest and other countries whoever's listening to get inspired and it's you know like a meet the creatives where you know we had matthew batone on and then uh the gary camp and you yep. and it's you know I, we just had my boy travis caldwell who's a great actor um a couple of weeks ago and it's just it's sharing these stories the grind and they're all going to resonate with somebody right 14 year old kid there's you know, you have thousands and thousands, maybe millions of people that love you and they want to know, you know, it's like you can do whatever you want in this world. And this is what's working. This is my experience with these things. And, you know, it's, it becomes contagious. You know, I think, uh, even if we've seen on the social media where everybody wants to be spiritual and the, uh, you know, it's kind of cheesy sometimes. And then they go smoke some crack or cheat on their wife (laughs) or whatever they do. But, um, it's still good. It's better than nothing, I guess. Um, I shouldn't laugh at that. Uh, be loyal. <laughs> Do you have a lady out here? No. You got 10 of them? No. <laughs> no, man. My focus is, is, is definitely music. Yeah. So everything, everything that is not contributing to that, I don't, you know. What's, um, I want to get back to um, 
what an amazing high school class that you guys were in. Gabe Luna, who's in yeah. the new Terminator. Yep. A very amazing actor. Um, and then Gary Clark. And also, just look what you've accomplished in the one, what is it, one and a half years that Black Lock was formed? Yeah. I mean, you guys already have shows you're pitching. You have a design going out of DVS and a yeah. brand. Yeah, you're on... You know, this is the least of the things you're going to do, but you're uh, on the ACL stage in front of hundred thousands yeah. of people. I mean, I'm just ramping up, man. That's yeah. That's the first year. Yeah. <laughs> that's so yeah. exciting for you and for us. I mean, it's being at your live shows again. is just so fun because I think, you know, what makes a live show so great is not all necessarily the sound. It's the energy of the people around you. That's why right. I love amphitheaters. I love festivals. So Gabe Luna is your high school buddy so you've seen him kind of just blow up I mean, yeah. being in the new terminator and did you go to the premiere yeah out here where yep. was that at the kodak or? uh no it was supposed to be at the the big spot they always do it i think it's the chinese theater or whatever oh grommets um but it it wasn't because at that time that's when what happened there's some like oh geez i can't remember if it was there was something that happened in the news and so they decided not to do it oh wow and instead Arnold um, <laughs> decided to have a private viewing at the IMAX headquarters what? out near LAX. So Gabe was like, yo, we're going to do it here instead. And it's just going to be like homies. So, uh, so me, our other friend Nick, and Gabe's little bro, and some other of our buddies, um, we all went out to the IMAX headquarters. And it's like fucking Tim Miller, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> it's, it's so crazy. Um, it's like the whole you know cast. And... Uh, and we were sitting in this theater, and Arnold's just talking for, like, the first 20 minutes. And he's a pretty funny dude. Uh, and My boy uh, d- uh, dates his daughter. Okay. Uh, or their yeah. friends, kind of. But, yeah. you know, he's over at um, – or, no, it's Sly Stallone's daughter. I'm sorry, okay, but okay. Arnold's always over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's just – you know, it's so surreal out here. Dude, it's, <laughs> it's trippy, man. That's the second time I met Arnold, and he's super cool. And it was uh, high praises to Gabe. You know, he was just like this kid, this kid, blah blah blah. And it was fun, man. It was it was trippy to see somebody you'd seen on a movie screen forever, like there in front of you, and like hanging out with your homie and shaking yeah. your hand and cracking jokes about Trump. Like it was cool. Um, so yeah, Gabe's done crazy, man. He's done really well. And uh, I've actually known Gabe since third grade, so we go oh, way back. And he's been, you know, one of my closest friends. And and out here, you know. Uh, in LA you need like good friends and family. Oh yeah, we were and, just and, talking about that. Yeah, and him and his wife are that for me and uh and then our other homie Nick who became one of our good friends mutually in, in high school. He's out here as well. So there's actually there's actually a lot of Texans out here, bro. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Uh Billy Gibbons, I was actually approached to open a they're opening it. It's called Justin Queso's on Sunset next to uh, Whiskey a go-go, but yeah. uh, Billy Gibbons is one of the uh, contributors, donors, owners, and it's going to be all Tex-Mex-based oh, food because no one's really doing that in the Hollywood scene. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's a, a big – I mean, that's – this show we've had, like, six people on, you know, all Texas musicians, right. artists, and there's just a cool scene going on right there, yeah. and, you know, especially with you guys uh, coming out with the hip-hop now. I mean, that's a, that's a show in itself. you got Gary, Gabe Luna, you – yeah, I mean, everybody just right now. It's, it's a uh, squad, man. It's fun. You guys are uh, not on a label. You're indie. We're independent. And is that uh, by choice? Um, it's You'll entertain it's, the idea, but... Yeah, I, I lean towards wanting to just have an independent movement. Um, I think, you know, Chris 
leans more towards wanting to get Black Lack in, into a label situation. Chris Christian, um, your manager. Right, right. And and uh, and Fran, I think, is either way, you know, whatever whatever makes the most sense in dollars, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but I feel like me and Fran kind of had this conversation the other day about what we want to do next and, and how we want to execute that. And, uh, and it was it was a great conversation because we're on the same exact page. And basically, it was initiated because our attorney, Elliot, um, talked to me at the, during the Grammy weekend, and he was like, look, bro, he was like, you guys have, like, this lane already. Like, you have this party lane, and what you guys do is dope, and the live shows are dope. He's like, but you need to make a statement record. You need to make an album or something that's, like, a statement that clearly defines who you guys and what you're here to do. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I couldn't agree more. Uh-huh. And that whole night, you know, I was talking, we were just talking back and forth and I started formulating these ideas in my head and, and, um, I didn't under, I didn't know, but when I talked to Fran just yesterday, he had already been thinking of the same thing. And so we're both on the same page. Like we need to make a statement piece and we need to figure out exactly what that story is and how we want to tell it. And, uh, and, we we do we know how we want to tell it we know who we want involved um and we know how we want to roll it out and it just so happens to be that when this thing is done i think it'll be hard pressed for a label not to want to pick this project up before we put it out um whether we do that or not we'll see but just by the sheer just by the sheer stature of the producers that we're going to have involved in this like it would be stupid for a label to be like no yeah we're not going to fuck with y'all um black keys we're talking about you know they've sold 100 million albums something crazy i don't know but they're still uh patrick carney the drummer was just being vocal about how they still owe the the label money warner brothers which gary's on as well um you know and there's groups like arcade fire who started off and you know they were would not sign with a label. They were getting millions of dollars tossed their way. They wanted to be indie, do it on their own. I think they are on a label now of some sorts, maybe their own label. Mm-hmm. Um, for people that are starting off in the hip-hop game, what would be some of the downfalls of being on a label coming, you know, in your first year or something? Um, not owning your masters, um, I not think having full creative control? There's a, there's a, There's definitely a lot of ways that it can impair you as an artist and obviously there's benefits as well but i think the biggest thing to understand is that if you sign to a label and your shit doesn't pop off you're not going to get that platform they're not going to push you and elevate you all the way to the top right so you better have that fucking hit right and for some people it takes time for them to get that hit or they may never have that hit or they might already have it Right. And then let's say you do have that hit song and it gets pushed up and they put it at the top of their key and it's fucking everywhere. Mm-hmm. Now you better have two more oh, yeah. ready to go in the chamber it's as well. And stronger ones if you too. don't, it's up and then you're off, you're down. Um, if you do, I feel like it, I feel like it, the number's three. If you have three big songs, you're good. You've bought your time to be able to develop the rest of your shit for the next record cycle or album cycle or whatever it is. Um, and you know, three, three big singles hit singles is huge. Yeah. That's huge. Um, but like I said, if you just have one, you're going to fade man. And, and you'll become at the bottom of that labels priorities period. So it's a, 
it's a daunting fucking thing, you know? And, and if you're someone like me, who's like, you know, well, I just want to, I want to create and, and like make things that are great songs, but maybe they're not going to be hit songs, um, that people will have radio success with, Mm -hmm. but they're going to be great and and resonate with people for a long time. You know, um, it's, there's just a bunch of different possible pitfalls, Obviously, the positive is if you do have that shit, if you do have three hits, well, then fuck, you're good. Because yeah. once you get those moving through a label and they put you in front of everybody in the world, you're set. All you have to do now is not fuck up. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, this, the strategy that you guys are doing are almost th- what the label would have you doing. You know, touring with well, a successful group like Missio. Right. Um, you know, obviously being on a uh, national tour in your right. first year is so huge. Right. I mean, right. the exposure from that and... But labels don't develop anymore. They yeah. used to develop artists, right? If this was, I don't know, 10, even, ten, even yeah, even 10 years ago, um, we might be something that's more interesting to them or any artists in our situation. But at this point, you have to already have a proven success model, uh-huh. right? Like you already have to have hundreds of millions of streams on videos. You have to already have hundreds of thousands of followers on your socials. Um, you have to already be raking in income from streams, et cetera. And once they see that, then they'll want to come in mm-hmm. and help elevate it or boost it. Right? They don't want to fuck with advice. you unless they already see it happening. And my whole mindset is, well, if it's already happening, why would I fuck with you anyways? Yeah. Like, I'm going to keep 100% of this. Mm-hmm. Um, my homie Coda the Friend is a rapper from Brooklyn who his manager was trying to get him into a label situation. And I think he kind of wanted to as well. But the offers that came from these labels, he was already making more than that streaming yeah. a month. Why would I take a and, step back? Yeah. And so he said, fuck it. He put a, put out his record himself and he got like 15 million streams in the first week and he's doing fucking great. That's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. And he's keeping all of that. So, you know, like what, I don't know. I don't think there's a, a model or plan for anyone anymore. Formula. It used to be go to the labels um, but now I feel it's whatever path you create, you know? Yeah, the A&R is not what it used to be 25 years ago where they find you right. at open mic and, uh, you know, you're not going to get discovered playing cover tunes down in uh, Wichita, Kansas on the corner right. bar. You know, you got to make a, a, a bomb go off in social right. media or SoundCloud, Spotify, right. everything, right. all of it. And if you're doing that on your own, you've succeeded and you need probably a good manager to show you how to capitalize and right. monetize on all this yeah, the, um, the only way that I see a label making sense for us and giving us what we want um, would be with the situation that we are creating and planning right now. 360 deal, too. Where that's what they do, yeah. yeah. But, but making something that, that has an undeniable, um, an undeniable cast of creators on it, which is what we're going to be shooting for with this record, um, like that's the situation that we would want to go into with a label because we'll have enough power, firepower on the on the record that they'll have to give us some of the things that we want and push it out the way that we would like. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I would almost prefer to go to like a a big indie label than a major, um, because you'll have a little more say in what's going on. Um, but we'll see. We may not go to a label at all. We might. Like it's. I'm open to anything. You know, I decided in 2020 not to limit myself to what I think is the right way or wrong way to do things. Yeah. And so far it's proven well. So I'm open to anything. Um, I just know that I wanted to have as many eyes on it as possible. A great label for you guys. Um, 
What's the, who's Gary's uh, sponsors? Gary's clothes, all the flyest Gary wears. Um, there's a few. There's the glasses brand. There's no, a clothing the clothing brand. Clothing line. Uh, it's fine. I don't know the name of them. E. Who is it? John Varvatos. Oh yeah, yeah, Jesus. yeah. Sorry, I am a stoner. Yeah. Uh, they have a label out of Nashville now. Bad Flowers on them. Oh, some hip hop groups. Yeah, they're yeah. a great indie label to be That's on. That's dope. And uh, get fly close too. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, also, you know Taylor Swift, the biggest artist in the world. She tried to get a label forever. Was turned down everywhere. Yeah. And she comes from very rich parents who bought right. a label. Yeah. And really pumped her up, got her the numbers, and then they started collabing with other like right. Sony, I think it was, and. Word. Uh, you know, they had to make their own noise. She wasn't discovered, you know, just tooling around in her bedroom on uh, right. YouTube. Um, yeah, her parents, I found that interesting the other day. That, that is crazy. bought a label. I didn't uh, know that. I mean, you get the bank to do something like that. You can make your own noise. Yeah. Um, and then will Gary be a creative process on the album as a 100%. producer? 100%. He will make some beats, maybe do some guitar lines. He'll be, he'll be heavily involved. That's all I can say right now. I love it. I love and it. And some other and some other people who have, who have some trophies. Beautiful. I can't wait for that. When uh, are you thinking this year? Um, we would like to have it um, ready to go by probably the summer or end of summer. Oh yeah, that'd um, be nice. But uh, the when it will actually be rolled out is uh, we'll see, because we might want to find a partner to roll it out with. We'll see. Awesome. But, uh, but the music itself, we're aiming to have it all done by the end of the summer. What's uh, coming up next for you guys this uh, spring, this summer? Uh, festival circuits, more shows? Yeah, I think more, more festivals, more one-offs is definitely the goal. Um, if we can find a good tour to be a part of, we'll do that. I don't think we're ready to go headline our own tour just yet. Yeah. Um, you know, we want to have a, a record to, to go and headline our own tour. But um, we have a good agent uh, who is looking for things for us constantly to be part of. But I think uh, right now we're, we're really focused on just creating the music, creating content, music videos, all that shit. So, How was, because um, you opened up for Gary for numerous, numerous shows. I saw you like probably two. I went to 49 we've, shows all over yeah. the country last year, and I saw you probably on three of them. Yeah, we've done a few of them, and, and I think we are... Um, there's definitely talks of us like going on the road with him and doing stuff too. It just needs to make sense, you yeah. know. Like, um, how's the crowd vibe in that situation? I fucking it's, loved it, man. Yeah, it's crazy. The, You're not expecting uh, a hip hop group, I'm sure. They they aren't, dude. And uh, uh, the first time we did it, Gary, Pam, you know, everybody on, on support were all just standing at the on the wings as we were performing, and they were like watching to see what was going to happen. And the crowd went fucking nuts, bro. They turned up, they were it. partying, and Gary was like, "I've never seen." He's like, my crowd doesn't usually dance and move like this. Yeah, he's got and, a diverse uh, crowd. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's some old blues cats that just want to encapsulate him in that world, which right. is, you know, obviously with this land coming out, yeah, that showed his, his talent of right. being in every genre. And I think right. you probably know better than me, obviously, but just listening to it, punk, funk, hip-hop, yeah. reggae with uh, feeling like a million. Um, yep. you know, that whole album is just... Uh, insane amount of different genres of music and uh, yeah i was in the studio the a few times as he was making it and it was cool man to like was see. that in ireland yeah he did the whole thing in ireland him and jacob yeah jacob skiba okay is he um, the producer there engineer jacob skiba's uh engineer and, and, and co-producer yeah and he just won three grammys too yep wow they cleaned yep. up three out of four grammys yeah 
Is it? A, How is, about that? Is, <laughs> <laughs> um, Sunny Boy Slim coming out of Austin, Texas. Yeah. Is that so inspiring to see somebody that, where you came up with and, you know, he's mm-hmm. a, just all over the place now. He's on Howard Stern yeah. the other day. He's on every major, you know, morning news show. He's right. on every, everything. He's well, on, it just is. Super Bowl it, was playing a song. Right. And it's not, and it's him and, and it's not, it's not just him. It's also like seeing John and like basically seeing your homies, seeing Gabe, yeah. seeing, seeing these people that, uh, that you create with and are your peers and, and, and that we see ourselves creative, um, you know, we co we inspire each other on yeah. the same level on the same tier. Um, it's crazy to see them playing in these, in these big screens and these big areas and these big media outlets. And, uh, and it just lets you know how close you are to it, yeah. you know, and, and it helps me and Fran understand that it's, it's, it's like we're on this edge and, and we're very close to either going right into it and just destroying it all, killing it or, just staying on the edge or falling off, you know, like you never know to be where you guys are right now. It's pretty it's not amazing. a bad place to be. It's not a bad place to be at all. Um, a lot of people pray to be it. back to that position after they just totally blow. They enjoyed the days of the grind and the right. inspiration. Sometimes uh, some cats get on top and then they lose focus and they can't yeah. really write anymore. And it's just, right. Right. Uh, I'm sure that probably wouldn't happen with you. You're super talented, but um, I could see that, you know, a lot of people, they value success by how much, how many dollars they have. And, you know, when you get that Mercedes Benz, it kind of you, you lose the hungry, you right. lose the drive. Um, then, you know, you got to be at peace. The journey is the destination. Right. And uh, you know, after speaking with you here, um, I'm inspired. I love. Yeah. I just can't wait to see you guys all over. I want to see your next show here in LA. Yep. Hopefully, that'll be in the next. Hopefully, it'll be here. This would be a great venue to do yeah. it here at the Ivar Theater, right in right next to Sound Factory, Mark Ronson's yep. studio, which uh, Sunset Sound owns, two blocks from Capitol Records. I Amoeba mean, Music. Yeah, Amoeba Music. They're shutting yeah. down. Did you hear that? Really? They got to move yeah, after like... Oh, uh, shit. Someone bought that building, of course. It's going to be apartments and for $4,800 for a studio. Damn. But they're moving to the 6200 block, which is a couple blocks down. But that yeah. place is... You go in there, you see everyone. Ryan Adams will be hanging yeah. out, DJ Shadow. Just everyone's, they got so much content and every vinyl or every bootleg that you've yeah. ever heard of, T-shirts. It's yeah, a play, yeah. cool place to get stoned and we'll go walk around in. Um, thank you, sir, so much yep. for coming on, man, coming here early in the morning. I appreciate it. You're, I can't wait to air this interview, listen to your music, see you live again, and uh, come down to Austin, too. There's a good vibe there, yeah. man. It's, that was one of the funnest weekends I've ever had with all you guys having shows everywhere, ACLs going on, the food, the vibe, just, you know, the heat, too. Remember, it was yeah. 104 degrees. I, I need mean, some heat, man. It's yeah, cold. It's 55 in L.A. today. I got the peacoat on. <laughs> Thank you very much, Z. Yeah, man. Appreciate you, brother. Yes. Hold up. We got a special bonus footage me on acoustic, Zilly flowing freestyle. Listen up, right here. Mm-hmm. All right, one, two, three. Yeah. Black, black, Zilly, what up? Yo, yo, yo. And look, we up at Ivar, Uber, not in my car. Keep it spinning like a gymnast on the high bar. The name is Zilly Raps, yes, that be the fact. Freestyle on the track, representing Black Alack. Ooh. 
Make you hear it like it was a rifle shot I keep it spinning like the wheels from the cycle gods People know that I am not your average rapper I got dapper, I'm a tactor But I never been an actor Listen, I'm from Texas But I never whip a tractor This is how I do it with vernacular Spectacular, freestyle flow Homie, I deserve a ring Might look like a bee But it's not the one that stings See that be me Plus I hit him with the venom Incision, it's my decision Plus my religion To keep on killing it People can't handle this Move from Texas out here to Los Angeles Now I'm rocking where the sun stay hot The fun is not the thing that I'm focused on a lot It's just me and this microphone And spinning the spot And I ain't never gonna stop Till I see the planet drop Look, pay attention We is hot, we is not your average This is blocked from the point of view That you get skewed See all I do is grab the microphone And jump right through You see the dot 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 to be continued I don't give a fuck, I wreck at the venue Turn your favorite rapper to plastic on my menu You don't understand All the shit that we've been through Uh I'm going viral Not corona Plus I keep it hotter Than the sun's corona Keep it hot like Texas And Oklahoma When it be summertime It's not a bummer The way I rhyme Understand I'm still inclined To kill this shit To feel this shit The realest shit I did this shit I peel that shit Just like an orange or a banana The boy got the grammar The stamina To smack you amateurs Ooh Ooh They don't wanna get it When we getting close touch See this that real shit And you ain't had enough So let me Speak it while I'm killing the track. One time from Los Angeles, Zilly Black Alac. Hey, woo! That was sick. Good shit. <laughs>